Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store, only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, thank you for joining me. This is your first time joining me on whether this is live or listening to the podcast. Check us out at livingchristian.org to learn all about the ministry and all the resources we have available to you. So today we're diving into Romans 8. This is another letter from Paul, right? So uh, we've hit uh, several of these <clears throat> on this podcast and these lives, uh, whether it's Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Corinthians, Galatians, all these letters that Paul wrote to these churches that he and others had planted. So he had planted all these churches. This is in the New Testament, and he wrote letters to these churches to talk to them about encouraging them to stay focused on Christ, <clears throat> as well as correcting some of the, the wayward uh, things that they had done along the way. So this is Romans 8, one of my favorite books of the Bible, one of my favorite chapters of my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, Romans 8 has some really good stuff in it from Paul. All right, so let's uh, dive into Romans 8, and then we'll uh, answer some questions after we're gone, or after we're done, sorry. Life in the Spirit, Romans 8. <clears throat> so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fulfilled satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. All right. Paul's hitting it right off, right? Right at the very beginning, he's saying, hey, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to sum up the entire gospel at the very beginning. Because we could not save ourselves from sin, the law of Moses was unable to save us. God's law that he gave to Moses, that he gave to us for, and the Jewish people all the time to follow in order to earn their way to heaven, was unsuccessful. So what happened? He sends Jesus Christ down. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. Half man, half God. But he sent him down to the earth to be like us and with us. And why? to declare an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. you got to think about, <clears throat> at the time, they were trying to abide by not only the Mosaic laws, but also the Levitical laws and some of the ceremonial laws, and they were trying to do the way things that they knew or thought that was the way to get to heaven. And they had to give sacrifices, a lot more blood sacrifices, that is sacrifice at the altars, and you, you know the Old Testament, hopefully, and Jesus came to be the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. He did that 
so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature. So he didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled the law. Jesus fulfills the requirements of the law. All right, so no longer do we have to ab- abide by those old mosaic and, even, and certainly this, uh, the ceremonial and, and Levitical laws, right? But he sent God here. God came to be with us in the body of a man as, a, as we sinners, as he mentioned, okay? God came down to be the living sacrifice, okay? It's fantastic. All right, uh, verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeys God's laws and never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never Please, God, we've got to have our belief in Christ and give our life to Christ in order to be filled with the Holy Spirit, in order to get away from our sinful nature. Does it mean we're not going to sin? We still sin. Okay? Hold on. We still fail all the time. I know I do, every single day. You probably feel like sometimes you fail because of your sin. But what Paul's telling us here is that not to be dominated by our sinful nature, right? But be controlled by the Holy Spirit. So there's a balancing act going on inside of you right now. You've got the world pulling at you. You've got sin pulling at you. You've got the Holy Spirit pulling the other way. They're not going the same direction. They're like two forks in the road. And you've got to make a decision which one you're going to follow. Doesn't mean you're not going to stray. Doesn't mean you're not going to get lost sometimes. Walk off the trail. But the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ is going to be there to put you back. All right? So don't be dominated by your your sinful nature. Be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Verse 9. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him. So how do you get the Spirit of Christ inside of you? You have to give your life to Jesus. You have to believe that He's your Savior, your Lord and Savior. Once you do, you'll have the Holy Spirit guiding you. Verse 10. This is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Verse 10. Romans 8.10. And Christ lives within you. So even even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. How are you made right with God? Is it the old laws? Right? Is it the old laws that... The Mosaic laws even? Even the Ten Commandments? No. Is it is it the ceremonial laws and the Levitical laws and not trimming my beard and not eating shellfish? No. Jesus fulfilled all of those laws. So once you accept Jesus, you have Christ living within you. And even though your body will die because of sin... You've been made right with God. That's it. Verse 11. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Je- as Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you, give life sorry, to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Verse 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. 
For if you live by its dictates, you will die. Spiritual death. But if you... But if through the power of the Spirit you put the death to the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all those who for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So what Paul's saying is that's it. You accept Christ, you have the Spirit inside of you, you're not going to die. You're only going to live forever. They're not talking about physical death. Your physical death, your bodies are going to die. Fine. But you're talking eternal life here. Verse uh, 13, 15, I'm sorry. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are children, or his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Ooh. Think about that for a second. So if you go back to 14, if you're led by the Spirit of God, you are, we are children of God. Paul's saying here. So once you accept Christ, you are a child of God. We're not slaves, we're children. We call him Father. And since we share spirits, since we have the Spirit of Christ in, uh, in us, and he, we're sharing in us our soul and his Spirit, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, we, have, we get to share his glory. We must also share his suffering. We're not immune to suffering, guys. That's some of the misnomers, I think, that uh, people don't understand that are, frank, frankly, non-Christian, right? They feel like, oh, well, if you're a Christian, then you shouldn't be suffering. Things should be easy for you. It's actually the opposite. I would say, since I accepted Christ... Things have been great, but things have been rough too. The devil hates it, hates it. He wants to win, and he can't. He can't win, but that means he's not going to try, right? So we're going to share suffering. Part of Jesus going through his suffering is to show us that there's going to be suffering, but there's eternity and glory at the end of that suffering. Make sense? So don't be too distracted by your suffering. Just know that Jesus said it was going to happen, that Paul writes about it here, and with God's strength, you can get through the suffering. God, Jesus got through the suffering that he, that he had to endure here on earth. Even though he knew it was going to happen, he got through it. And we can get through our suffering too. All right, verse 18. Uh, yet, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Wow, I love that. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation will be groaning as his pains of childbirth right up to the present time. That childbirth pains is a a prophecy that of talking about in the book of Revelation. In those days, and it talks about there being childbirth pains, about the earth ex experiencing childbirth pains. So he's talking about the end of days. Verse 23, And we believers also groan, even though we have this Holy Spirit within us, as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. 
We were given this hope when we were saved. We have already have something we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I mean, he is teaching us to be patient in our suffering. Be patient in our lives. Be patient with God. Be patient with the plan. Right? Verse uh, 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Oof. Holy Spirit is praying for us with things that we can't even put in words. Oof. Verse 27. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That's where prayers become answered, is if they're in line with God's will, and harmony with God's will, as Paul puts it. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. So this is Romans 8, 28. You've seen this a lot. I'm going to read that again. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Got to remember, it's always about what God wants, what his purpose is, what his plan is, what his will is. Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Interesting. And having chosen them, he called them to uh, come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Sip of coffee and we'll hit 31. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Think about that for a second. What shall we say about this? such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Romans 8, 31. If that doesn't give you enthusiasm and promise of the strength of God being with you, let's read that again. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Devil's going to try. He's going to fight. The world's going to fight. Our culture's going to try to distract us. But with, if God is for us, they're not going to win. Verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for all of us, won't he also give us everything, give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in a place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Think about that last line for a second. According to Paul, Jesus Christ is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, at the Father's right hand. He is united with the Father now. Okay? And what what is he doing? Pleading for us. How comforting is that? How, how, how comfortable is that? <clears throat> Alright. Verse 35. Can, any, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity, or are persecuted or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatening with death? As the scriptures say, this is a quote from the Old Testament, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37. No. 
Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Even though we're going to suffer trouble, calamity, persecution, hunger, destitution, danger, threatening with death, overall, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ because he loves us. Verse 38. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, or even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Let's break that down for a second. We're almost done with Romans 8 here. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Think about that for a second. Have you ever thought about life separating us from God's love? You think about death, right? The, the worry is, especially that people that aren't firm in their faith, or non-believers, is that once you die, it, that's over. Everything's just done. You're worm food. So if you're a believer, are you worried about being separated from God? There are people, there are believers out there that are worried whether they're going to get into heaven or not. But according to this, it can't separate us from God's from God because of his love, nor life. So think about your life right now. All the things that are trying to pull you away from God. Right? All the things that are all the culture that's trying to pull us away from Jesus. Now if you're if you're one of the Romans reading this, or if you're anybody reading this back in the time, this is kind of counterintuitive to what you've learned, if that makes sense. Whether it's the Romans or whether it's the Jewish people of the time, they don't understand that they have to earn their way. They felt like they had to earn their way by doing these laws or doing other things, or their other beliefs, or their other gods that they lived that they believed in at the time. But what Paul is telling them is that there's one God. And because of his love, this life, this culture, this society, this world, whether it's your life or your death, whether it's angels or demons, good or bad, nothing can separate us from God. Very powerful. No matter how good things are or how bad things are, no matter how afraid you are for today or what your worries are for tomorrow, nothing's going to separate you from God's love. 39. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So nothing can separate or cause God not to love us. So no matter what we do, good or bad, fears or worries, any other powers in the skies or below, nothing can separate us from God loving us. So no matter what you've done in your life, no matter where your life has taken you, God loves you. That's it. And he sent Jesus down to save you so that we could be united with him. He made an easy way, quite frankly. If you go back a little over 2,000 years ago, in their minds, their way to heaven, and what God's law was, since the time of Moses until Jesus was these laws and this path that you had to do. You had to sacrifice, and you had to do certain things, and you had to do certain things in the days of the week. It was very uh, specific. 
and very hard for us. Nobody could actually abide by everything perfectly. So in the mercy of God, what did he do? He gave us an easy path. He knew that we weren't capable, so he gave us an easy path. All you got to do is believe and follow Jesus and give your life to him. It's really not that hard. Look to him. Don't look to the earth and our culture and our society for peace because you're not going to find it. That's Romans 8. It's a good one. It's a good one. All right, cool. Let's, uh, let's answer a few questions and we'll get out of here. Hopefully you guys like that, okay? I love Romans. Paul, Paul's letters in general <clears throat> are really good. Um, there, there's certain books of the Bible that I can just crack open and read uh, and get a lot out of it. Proverbs is one. I love the wisdom of Proverbs. I love the book of James, Jesus' half-brother. I love the book of James. Um, there's some really good stuff that he writes in there, which they had an interesting relationship. Um, and, but I would say Paul's letters, aside from the Gospels, which are my go-to. I, I love to read about the, the, the life of Jesus Christ. Um, I love to read that. Aside from that, I can open up any one of Paul's letters and, and, and get so much out of it, especially knowing what Paul went to in order to get to the place that he was at in his faith. He was a persecutor. He hated Christians. He did not believe. And he was turned around because Jesus has that power, right? And then all of a sudden, he wrote most of the New Testament. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. All right, let's answer, answer a couple of questions, and then we'll pray and get out of here. Uh, when we are saved by grace, will God accept us into heaven? That is the whole point. Yes, <clears throat> we are saved by grace, not by works, but we've got to accept it. We've got to accept Jesus in our hearts. We've got to accept him as our Lord and Savior, period. Uh, that's what we have to do. And uh, with that, we get into heaven. Uh, do I think Islam and Christianity are the same religion? No, I don't. I don't. Hmm. I do not. I'm sorry, but um, Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. He, he, that's his words, and I accept him for that. And I know Islam talks about Jesus and quite a bit in the Quran, but he is not God to them. He is God to us. Uh, he is God on earth. Uh, so, no, they're different. All right. Um, does feeling nervous while waiting on a breakthrough mean you have no faith? No, not necessarily. <clears throat> you need to have more faith than fear, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, being nervous is a human emotion that you're going to have. Um, people are going to have doubts. I mean, heck, they called, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the disciples doubting Thomas because he was always, always asking questions. Uh, so uh, that's all part of it. Um, but keep your faith. Uh, it's okay to feel a little nervous. It's okay to feel uneasy at times. Uh, we all go through things in life that um, uh, distract us but it all, or pull out emotions out of us. And certainly nerves and anxiety are one of those emotions that most of us, if not all of us, deal with in some form or fashion. So it doesn't mean that you don't have a lack of faith. It just means that uh, you're maybe being too focused on uh, the world, to be honest with you. All right, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, if here's a tough one and I'm going to answer it because I'm transparent with you guys if nothing can separate us from the love of God what about Christians that commit suicide are you assuming that God does not love them that's my question back to you I don't know the answer to that I, I don't know the answer to that I know Jesus talks about the one sin that cannot be forgiven is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when you don't accept Christ in my opinion it's very common perspective is that when you don't accept Christ, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. He's not, you know, sharing your, your spirit as I talked about in what we just read. 
And that's the one true sin that will keep you from heaven. The rest of them can be forgiven if you go to God and if you accept him. So I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I don't think it's as clear-cut as we, we like to think. All right, uh, let's do a couple more questions. Do I eat pork? Yep. Yeah, I like bacon's delicious. Uh, it goes back to what we just talked about. Uh, and I get a lot of these questions, right? And uh, there's a lot of people that are, are not fully understanding, at least my perspective and most people's perspective, is what we just talked about in Romans 8, which is Jesus came to earth. God came to earth in, in the body of a man to sacrifice himself in order to be absolve us from our sins. Period. He fulfilled those laws. So we are not bound by the old Levitical laws. We can trim our beard and cut our hair and eat pork and eat shellfish. We can do those things. Those are no longer keeping us from heaven. Jesus fulfilled those laws. So if you're still in that world, then you're not fully understanding the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Sorry, that's the way I look at it. You may, may or not believe me, but that's the way I look at it. Uh, let's answer one more, then we'll uh, get on here. Um, God, there's so many here. Um, why is it so difficult to overcome depression, even though you have processed through your pain? Kaylin, Kaylee, Kaylee Ann. Worldly pain and suffering, as we just learned in Romans 8, just because we accept Christ doesn't mean that we're not going to deal with suffering. Paul even talked about the fact that as children of Christ, we share in his glory, but we also share in his suffer, suffering, okay? So with that, if you're dealing with something from the past and you overcome it and you've moved past that, it doesn't mean that you're not going to continue to feel pain from that. It's tough. There's a lot of bad things happening in this world. There's a lot of tragedies that each and every one of us go through. Some are worse than others. We all have situations in our life that scar us, scar us inside emotionally. But Paul talks about the fact that we have to share in that suffering. Wouldn't it be great if we just accepted Jesus Christ and all the bad things went away? <laughs> Everything was great. Life was great. But that's not how it works. Jesus had to go through what he went through. Read the Gospels and realize that pain and suffering physical pain that he had to deal with. He wasn't immune to that. Neither are we. So, how to deal with it? You've got to work your way through it. You can't, you don't have all the strength that you need at times to get through some of the stuff in this world. Depression can be tough. Emotional anguish can be tough. Pain and suffering in your past can be tough. But with Christ and with the power, the strength of God, the full armor of God, you can get through anything. Does that mean I don't believe in therapy and medication? No, I do. I think God put those things on earth to help us get through these pains. So if you're suffering right now, if you're dealing with a situation from your past or even a situation now, right? Go to God with it and see where he leads you to that. If he leads you to go talk to somebody here, then go talk to somebody here and get help. Talk to a friend, talk to a family member, talk to a therapist. We need those things to get through this worldly life that we live. 
that we're kind of stuck in for a while. So follow God where he leads you, but don't be afraid to ask for help. Can't do this all alone. We need each other, right? You know, my favorite verse, as I have mentioned, is Matthew 22. It talks about uh, one of the, I've talked about this a million times, but one of the uh, disciples asked Jesus what was the most important commandment, and his was the most important commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, your mind. The second, which is just as important, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So think about loving somebody today. If somebody that you know is going through a tough time right now, love on them. That's what they need. So don't be afraid to seek out help, but also don't be afraid to give people help. Tell somebody that, that, that you love them. Tell them that Jesus loves them. Make sure they know this book. Make sure they know how much God loves them. We just read about Romans 8, about nothing can separating us from God's love. God loves us regardless. Make sure somebody knows that today, okay? Now, let's say a quick prayer, and then we'll get out of here on our Monday. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together today. <clears throat> We're so thankful for this technology, but mostly for the, the Word of God that you left us, that you gave us, that you wrote for us, the instructions and the, the stories and the lessons that we need to learn to help us get through this life, Lord. Lord, I'm praying for anybody out there that's struggling today. Whether they're struggling with a situation that they're currently in, or maybe they're struggling with something that happened in their past, Lord. I'm praying that you give them the peace and the comfort that they are looking for and that they need. Lord, we know with, with your power and your strength that you provide us and the Holy Spirit within us, we can get through anything, Lord, but sometimes we forget. Sometimes we let our fear take over, our anxiety take over, Lord. Help us get through those situations. So if I'm praying for everybody out there. If there's anybody listening to this right now that is going through a tough time, just know that you're not alone. Lord, make sure that they know that they're not alone. I'm asking you for that. Make sure they take the heart, the words of Romans 8 that we read today, that nothing can separate us from your love, Lord. We're so grateful for that. We're so thankful for that. It's such a comforting feeling as we go through our struggles, Lord. We love you and trust you. We know that you want the best for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, guys. I'll have a great week. We'll do another on Friday. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll pick it out. Maybe I'll uh, throw it up on Instagram and let you guys help me pick a, um, a book and a chapter to read on Friday. So love you guys. Y'all have a great week, and we'll get back together on Friday. Until then... Uh, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind.